Hey, New Life Gillette Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com? Here is this week's teaching. And what a week last week, the celebration of Easter. We're going to celebrate it at the end of the service with some just celebratory things that happened there, but what a week. And it leads us to today. And with today, just knowing he won't fail, okay, I have a question then to start us off here today. And it's a, maybe a tough one for us. Who would you rather provide your life agenda? God or you? Maybe it's not such an easy question. Maybe it should be. You ponder that for a minute while I say welcome to those of you, Church 307, it's good to be with you today, to our friends over at the prison and the jail. Man, it is so cool that we get to hang out with you in this way. And for all of you in the room, man, it's good to be with you. So what do you think? I mean, that's a tough question, isn't it? I mean, we would want to think that it's black and white, but is it? Are there certain parts of our life that we like being in charge of the agenda in comparison to maybe God? Well, we're going to be considering this question a little bit as we move into this uh, time today. and We find ourselves in the last of the Jesus period journey, the teaching series uh, Jesus period. We started on January 1st. That was the day that we We looked into and celebrated Jesus coming to earth as a little baby. That's how it started. Today, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to be looking at the text that where Jesus goes back up. Let's see what Pastor Mike has to read for us today. I'm here on the Mount of Olives again, uh, the Kindred Valley behind me, Caiaphas' house up over the hill, the Temple Mount over on this side, and, and the old city of Jerusalem, just an amazing view. And this is the mountain, the Mount of Olives, where Jesus ascended to heaven, where his disciples watched him ascend. And the story goes like this, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? The Father set those dates, he replied, and, the, and they are not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It was not not long after he had said this, that he was taken up into the sky while they were watching, and he disappeared into a cloud. As they were straining their eyes to see him, two white-robed men suddenly stood there among them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here, staring at the sky? Jesus has been taken, taken away from you into heaven, and someday, just as you saw him go, he will return. What a crazy story, right? Another one of those crazy stories. Can you imagine the emotions of the disciples in that setting? I mean, it's 40 days past the resurrection, and they've had several different meetings with Jesus, interacting with him. And can you, I mean, it's still weird, right? He was dead, and now he's alive. And you're sitting there with him. Can you imagine them just like peeking? Are his hands still? Do they still have holes in them? Where about his feet? You're just wanting to see what's going on because it's just 
not normal. And then on top of it, there they are having this great conversation and all of a sudden, whoosh, up he goes into the skies, into the clouds. I mean, can you imagine if that happened in our time period, what this would look like? There we would be. We'd have our phones out getting the little video so we could put it out on TikTok or post it on Facebook, Instagram, hullabaloo. Do you guys have hullabaloo? You do? There's a social media called hullabaloo? No, there's not. The teenagers are up there Googling. Wait, I missed one. I don't have that one. But can you imagine how quick the news would get out about this story happening? Because we would all have this story in front of us and we would be posting it on everywhere because of how amazing it is. And then on top of that, not only is it all exciting that he's going up, but now there's angels sitting with them and the angels are trying to get them refocused on what they need to be doing right now. The disciples had a lot of excitement. And let's remember, I mean, if you think of some of the stories that we've looked at through these last couple months, this is nothing new. They've had tons of exciting moments walking with Jesus. But here's the ascension, Jesus going back up into heaven. But you think they sh the disciples should have been ready for this because Jesus had told them in many different places that it was coming, that they should be ready. Like on the night before he went to the cross in the upper room, John chapter 14, Jesus says this to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am what? I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then jumping down to verse 28, he says this, remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. Jesus tried to get this picture into their minds, this understanding that he was going to be going up. I mean, he needed to go up to do what he had to do. But the disciples, they're still thinking, Jesus, we like you here better. And we probably do too. I mean, Jesus walking around makes a whole lot more sense than a Holy Spirit, right? We can see him. We can hear him. We, we think the same thing. But Jesus went up. Why? Because the Father took Jesus back to heaven on purpose for a purpose. There's a reason why Jesus ascended back up into the earth or up into the heavens. We just heard he went up there to prepare a place for us. He went up there to be our advocate so that he could let the Father know which ones of us have put our faith in Jesus. He went back up to take his place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus had a purpose, but there was something extra Beyond him going up for all of those reasons, there was something extra. There was more excitement coming. And Jesus tried to help the disciples to get ready for this. And, and if we back up a little bit in the passage that Pastor Mike just read to verse 4, we see Jesus trying to get them to understand what's coming. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, 
John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was going to ascend and the Holy Spirit was going to descend. There's a reason for all of this going on. And now, for those of you here that the Holy Spirit was coming down to, to baptize, it was not the Holy Spirit walking around and dunking everybody the way we just did with some people here a little bit ago. But instead, this word baptizo has the meaning of immersed, overwhelmed, and submerged. So Jesus going up and sending the Holy Spirit down was going to then submerge or immerse the people who have their faith in God. We were going to be overwhelmed by the presence of the Almighty God in our lives. We were going to be immersed in the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that God longs to share with us. And so he's going to overwhelm us with those things. But you know, the disciples, <laughs> they couldn't get it. They didn't understand it completely because they were so focused on their understanding of what this movement of God should look like. And so in the passage that Pastor Mike read in Acts 1, starting in 6, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom here on earth? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. See, the apostles were so focused on what that little picture of what their earthly kingdom, what they wanted it to be. They wanted the, to go back to the way it was when King David was around. When get those Romans out of here and build Israel back up into that great kingdom. But they were so focused on their little picture of this little kingdom that they were potentially going to miss out on seeing the bigger picture of the movement of God that God was all about. They were focused on something little in front of them instead of seeing the big. We all do that from time to time, don't we? I mean, think about all the different times where we focus on something little when we miss out on the bigger picture. I know I do that regularly. I remember one time I was back in Pennsylvania at this time and I was hunting for deer. And in Pennsylvania, we had, there's these things called thickets because they have lots of trees there and they have these, all these really little trees called saplings. And when those deer are walking through those thickets, it is so hard to see them. Well, I was hunting for deer and, and I could see two bodies of the deer walking in front of me and man, I locked in on them. I was hoping that there's gonna be something there that I could get. And so I had my scope up and I was watching for what seemed like hours. It was probably a few minutes, but then I was watching them and I kept watching to see what the, their head. And finally I saw one was a doe. I didn't have a doe tag, so I couldn't do that. So I kept watching the other one. And it had an antler. I kept watching it needed to have at least three points. So I kept looking closer and closer. And finally it turned its head and it was just a spike. Oh man, I was so frustrated. And so in my frustration, I, I dropped my gun down. And when I dropped that gun down, I heard one of the worst sounds a hunter can ever hear. You know what it was? <sighs> Off to my right was this hue 
humongous rack buck. By the time I turned and looked at it, it, all I saw was white tail. It was off and I saw the antler. You see, I was so focused on this little picture that was in front of me that I lost sight of the bigger picture that was there and potentially in front of me. You know, the disciples were so focused on this little kingdom that they were missing out on what God maybe had in store for them. And when we lose focus on God's big picture agenda, we miss out on walking the kingdom life. And we do that from time to time, don't we? We sometimes miss out. And so maybe what is necessary for us to be able to keep focused on what God needs us to be focused on? Well, he, Jesus taught us a prayer. We, he taught the disciples first, but it's a prayer that we can hopefully grab hold of. Some of you know this prayer. We've said it over the years. Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then the next line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But you see, here's the problem. Disciples weren't praying this prayer. They were more thinking, God, this idea that I have for a kingdom, it needs to be your idea of a kingdom. Take my will, God, take my agenda, and you make it yours. That's what they were praying. They were missing out on saying, no, God, We want to be on your agenda. We want to be focused on what your kingdom here on earth needs to be. God, we need to be about what you are about. Change me, God. That's what this prayer is. Change me, God, so that I can be focused on what you need me to be focused on. Jesus, he heard what they were focused on. He said, stop it. You can't, you got to stop focusing on that. Let the Father deal with that. I need you to do what I need you to do because I have a plan for you. Jumping to verse 8, this is what Jesus had in mind. He said, but you, stop focusing on the little kingdom, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and on to the ends of the earth. You see, this was the plan that Jesus had in mind for them. This is the plan that he was handing down to the church and to us here today. For those who have a salvation in Christ, we have a mission to be on because we, the salvation that we have, it's not just to be fire insurance. It's not just to, to get us into heaven eventually when it's our time. It's not just to give us warm fuzzies to know that Jesus loves us. No, this is, a, this is a plan that Jesus had in mind of he goes up and the Holy Spirit comes down and people, then he puts us on a mission from God. God has a mission for us. And it's the plan that Jesus has in front of us so that we can do what he wants to do. Jesus ascends. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descends with a purpose. And the purpose is to make Jesus famous all throughout the earth through us. Through Gillette, into Campbell County, all throughout Wyoming until the ends of the earth, he said. And Jesus had been living this plan out and getting ready for this plan throughout his entire journey. 
The plan, Jesus, it's simple. Jesus first, he came and he lived among us. That's what Jesus' period was all about, looking at how Jesus came to earth and did his thing among us. And then eventually, love them unconditionally. That was the cross. That's where Jesus took our place. The cross that we deserved, he went there and died our death. Loved us unconditionally. And because he was willing to die on the cross, then next, give them eternal life. By him being the first fruits of that, he rose first. And he showed us the hope of eternal life that can be found in a faith with Jesus. But he wasn't finished. He went up and, the, and then he was going to drop a bomb. Not that kind of a bomb. But what did Jesus say was going to happen? Again, verse 8, he says, but when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see this word power here, it's the original Greek word dunamis, means power in scripture. And it's where we eventually get the word dynamite. You see, it's the image that Jesus is sharing that when he goes up to heaven, the Holy Spirit is going to descend and overwhelm all of us with an explosion of the power of the presence of God into our lives. And we live in coal country, right? We know what explosions look like. comes into our lives and explodes outward. Well, what exactly does this power look like in our lives? What is it going to do for us? Well, between Jesus and Paul and others, we find this understanding of what the Spirit comes and does in our lives. For instance, the Spirit makes you powerful because he, number one, Jesus says, he's going to be with you. I mean, how important is that to us? Well, for instance, who here has ever given a speech before and have been a little nervous going up to give the speech? Anyone? There's a few of you out there. Yeah, that, that can be nerve-wracking to go up in front of people and have to say, but what if whatever the topic is that you are talking about, what if the expert on that topic was right there standing with you, holding your hand and whispering? Whatever it is that you needed to be speaking, letting you know this is what you should share. That's the Spirit. Jesus says the Spirit is going to be right there with you, helping you in your life. And then he continues in John 14, he also says that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and teach us and remind us. Is there anyone, maybe it's just me, is there anybody that sometimes will read something in the Bible and you scratch your head a little bit because you're just not sure what it's mean? Anyone? Or what about, have you ever read something in the Bible and you kind of forget what you read. Again, is that just me? No, Marty, thank you for being honest. Yeah. 
We, we have those moments. But the cool thing, what Jesus says is the Holy Spirit, as he comes into your life, he will begin to take whatever you're reading in scripture or reading about God or learning through podcasts. He, the Holy Spirit takes these things and he begins to help to remind us, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I need that help to help make sense when I read something in this part of the Bible and over here and that the Holy Spirit begins to help us to make sense of what God's word does for us and helps us to know how to live. And that's important because then in John 16, Jesus also says that it's going to help us to know right from wrong. So that as I'm living life as a, as a husband and a dad, I'm going to know the right way to do that. As I'm driving up through Gillette, I'm going to learn the right way to, to drive. How many of you need to know that lesson? Uh-huh, I know. We, God's going to, the Holy Spirit is going to show us as we learn his word, he's going to teach us the best way so that we can live the right way for God's glory. He's not done. Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 6. He talks about character building. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And the Holy Spirit helps to form some of these things in our lives so that as we're going out into the public, the public starts to see some of these characteristics in our lives. So that as I'm pulling in to drop off my, my kid at school and everyone else is driving like NASCAR, you know, it allows me to have patience and self-control in those moments, even though I don't want to. It helps, the Holy Spirit helps us when, maybe when we've had loss in our lives, to even in those moments when we're struggling and mourning, to still have joy and peace because of the Holy Spirit reminding us of the eternal journey that we're on with Christ. And as other people begin to look into our lives and see these character traits, they start to think, wow, that's cool. I want to know more about how you live your life. The Holy Spirit's not done. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about these special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives us so that we can serve in the kingdom of God and beyond. And so some of you use those on Sunday morning, whether you're down at the lower level teaching our kids, or maybe you're opening doors out here for people and being hospitable. Some of you use it out in the community, whether you're a nurse or a teacher, maybe a coach in the soccer fields. We have these special abilities that God gives to us to be able to live the kingdom life in front of others so that they can see what the kingdom looks like. He also, boy, how important is this? He also helps us to be prayer warriors. Anybody out there struggle with the words to pray once in a while? Good. Me too. But the cool thing is, Paul says that the Holy Spirit will help us. He'll give us the words to say, just keep praying. And he's going to help us to have a better conversation with God by the power of the Spirit that resides within us. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, as it comes into our life, it explodes and changes us and makes us different. So, if you want to become powerful, don't just go to the gym. Put your faith in Jesus and receive the power of the Holy Spirit into your life. Going to the gym is okay too. It's a different kind of power. But this kind of power that God gives us changes our life. Well, what does this power 
look like? Where can we see some of this power playing out? Well, it's all throughout the Bible. Just read some of the stories. If you look at the story of Moses, you see the power of God working miraculously. He takes water and splits it in two. He has makes bugs move across the, the world. He does all kinds of things with weather. If you jump into the see the story of King David, before he was a king, he was just a lowly shepherd boy. But the power of the Holy Spirit of God in his life encouraged him and empowered him to be one of the greatest leaders leading the nation of Israel that we've ever seen. And then just look over the last several months as we looked at these stories of Jesus and we see what Jesus was doing and the power of God in the, in the life of Jesus, including the power of the resurrection. People, that's the same power that we get. The power of God that we see in the Bible is the same power that we have in us. Do you feel powerful? You should. Because the Spirit of God, if you've given your life to Christ and placed your faith in Him, the Spirit of God is dwelling within you, creating a new person by living in, in you. How does that happen? How do we get the kingdom? How do we get the Spirit to be working in us like this? Well, let's go back to that prayer. Remember? Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you prayed this prayer before? Have you meant it? Ooh. Have you wanted to allow God to put you on his agenda. God, change me. Make me new so that I can be on the kingdom agenda, living the life the way you want me to live. It happens as we're willing to surrender, as we're willing to let God take over our lives and move us into the kingdom life. And the cool thing, if we're willing, if we're allowing the power to transform us and change us, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why the explosion comes into our life. Jesus continued. He says, you will be my witnesses. There's a purpose behind it. We get changed and look more and more like Jesus here on earth so that we can go out into the world and let other people see what Jesus looks like in our lives. A witness is someone who's willing to share with others things that they've seen or heard or experienced. When you're on a witness stand, the judge doesn't want to know your ideas or your opinions. He wants to know the truth. And the truth is that Jesus has saved you from the pits of hell and lifted you up and put you on mission. And he has a mission for you to take the word of God out into the world. You see, Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit descended with a purpose. And the purpose is to make Jesus famous through us. We go forth into the world as witnesses that we have been transformed and changed by the presence of Jesus in our lives. You see, that's why 
That's why we give those people who are getting baptized, we give them one of these shirts. And it's a crazy shirt, right? I died in this shirt. We don't, we don't tend to wear to wear a day, but instead they take it home with them. I want to see this out in the community. Because if you wear this shirt out in the community, there's going to be people give you some looks. What do you mean you died in this shirt? And when they get asked that question, guess what they get to do? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about the Spirit of God, the powerful Spirit of God that is in my life that is transforming me and changing me and making my life new and giving me the hope of eternal life. You see, Jesus, the Father, they had a plan. And their plan was that Jesus would ascend, the Spirit would descend, and then the powerful movement of the people of God had a chance of doing something big. Because if Jesus had stayed here, if he was by himself as Jesus walking around, he could talk to different people at different times. But if you take a crowd of people who are saved from the pits of hell and given the hope of eternal life. And you take that crowd of people who have felt the unconditional love of Jesus in their lives. And you take that crowd of people and you explode in them with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And then you let them loose in the world. Well, then you got a movement on your hands. And that's what the original church was. Jesus took this little band of people who had put their faith in him and they gave them the power of the Holy Spirit and he let them loose and it transformed the world. People, what are we waiting on? You have the Holy Spirit of God in your life. So let's go back to that first question. Remember it? Who would you rather provide your life agenda? God or you? If it's God, oh, hold on. Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the power that is going to be in you and transforming you and letting you loose on the world to make Jesus famous with your life. And it is going to be blessed. You're still going to have struggles, but you're going to be blessed. Now, if it's you, eh, good luck with that. You're going to miss out. How do we do it? How do we take that step into finding that powerful life that God has in store for us? It starts with a prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Change me, God. Make your agenda my agenda. And may you get the glory for what you're about to do in me and through me.